Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Estate Chat with Jay-Z. I'm Jason Zawalik with the Zawalik Group and First Team Real Estate with Christie's International Real Estate, coming to you from Orange County, California. We've gone through quite the week here uh, in uh, Southern California with the fires. I'm sure most of you have seen. It's been uh, pretty hectic here. Um, luckily, in our area, we've been pretty much unaffected. Some smoke, but uh, uh, definitely our thoughts and prayers are going out to everybody that has been affected by those fires. Um, I'm super excited today because I have another guest. Uh, we have uh, Patty Carpenter with us. Um, she's a seasoned uh, lender. She's worked in the mortgage industry for quite some time. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the market, about mortgages, about rates, and really just kind of wrap our heads around this a little bit. So welcome, Patty. Thanks, Jason. It's so nice to be here. Great. So before we start, why don't we tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay, great. So I've been in the real estate and lending industry for a little bit over 20 years. I owned and operated a real estate and lending company for 10 years, had 40 agents that worked for me, and absolutely love what I'm doing. So getting people into houses, being able to provide solutions for their financing needs really is what I love to do. That's so, awesome. Happy to be here talking with you about that. That's great. And we've worked with Patty for several years, and uh, I can definitely attest that she's amazing. Uh, we love her. Our clients love her, and it's just uh, it's a great it's great to have another person part of the, another member of our team that helps us really help our clients, uh, which is great. And it's so important in this industry to surround yourself with people that can have the same goal and that customer service or customer service oriented, so we can really pu uh, push uh, that onto our clients. Yep. Um, so. We've definitely seen another shift in the market, as um, as we as uh, most of you have known. Yes, We've talked about it a indeed. bit. Um, so we have really shifted out of a um, seller's market pretty much completely, um, and we're gearing into almost into a buyer's market now. I would agree. Um, so just to give you guys a, a few numbers here, so year over year, our listing inventory has actually increased forty eight percent. Um, over the, right now is 48% higher now than it was last year at this time and demand is down 23%. So that's really a lot seen a push into that neutral market slash buyer's market and we haven't seen one of these in years so for our buyers out there it's gonna, refreshing. It is refreshing definitely <laughs> and we're super excited about it and uh, I think it's it's a good thing to for our buyers to know that not to be scared to get into the market right. because of, of of uh, um, of lingering prices, and I think that's such a huge thing. Still, people well, are still worried about prices. Yeah, you know it's funny, but you know when you follow a cu a customer through a buying process, um, if they're getting beat up because their offer is not being accepted and there's multiple offers, they can get really tired of that. And now we're seeing that buyers can actually go into a house that's turnkey, write an offer for the value at market, right. and maybe be the only offer that seller gets. Exactly. And so we're seeing more and more buyers actually performing on the first time as long as they've got a real system for success in right. place. And I like that, a system for success, because that, that is key, coming up with a strategy. And, Correct. And having all your paperwork in order, and having a, a, a complete offer, and having your letter to the sellers, and things like that. Yep. Um, but we, and we've talked about that in the past. But, and I think the other thing too that we're seeing is we're actually seeing contingent offers being accepted, which is pretty much never happens um, and that's that's huge and for all of you out there a contingent offer would be someone that needs to sell a house 
in order to buy a house. And in years past, that never happened. Um, so, so one thing that's really refreshing on the lending side with regards to contingent offers, and probably many buyers don't know this because you're not going to find it on the internet anywhere, mm -hmm. is that we can get someone qualified with a departure residence not sold yet. And we have some temporary DTI exceptions that can go way over 50 for clients that are qualified. And that's why it's so important to really get your ducks in a line and to know what you can do. And don't let your misconceptions about what you can do hold you back from moving towards your goal. Right. Right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And for those that don't know, DTI is? A debt to income ratio. Right. Yeah. So that, that's that's pretty important when you're when you're looking to get uh, approved. So when, when we look at where rates are right now, I think that's another big question mark with people. I think the two things that we encounter the most is people are worried about rates. Um, and Very sensitive about rates going up. And prices. So we've already yes. touched base on prices. Yeah. So we'll touch base on rates right now. And I ran a, some quick numbers with our affordability uh, analysis that we have. And if you look at our median home price in Orange County right now, it's $740,000. So I took that and I looked at the average monthly um, monthly average rate from last year, which is around 3.9%, uh, yeah. and compared it to right now at 4.83%. So in a year, it's pretty much a percentage point, Yes. right? Yep. So if you were looking to get into the market in October of 2017, and you decided, you know what, I'm going to hold off for a year, the what that costs you in buying power or oh. is astronomical when you when you think about it. And I think this is something that's so important that people really need to sit down and look at these numbers because it will cost you. If you look at that difference, the difference in monthly payment, and this is just P&I, so right. it's principal and interest, just your mortgage payment. And um, it's math. It's it, simple exactly. math. It's $433 a month. More money more per money, month. More month not right now than it was a year ago. Yeah. $5,196 a year, Yeah. which seems like a lot, but when you extrapolate that over 30 years, yes. it's $155,000. Yeah. $155,000, not $880. That's the difference from buying, holding off for that one year. And that's, it's so much money. And I think people don't realize that. And you know what's interesting about that number, like $483? Like when I see people's loan applications, it's not uncommon to see that as their contribution to their 401k plan. Right. So if you make a correlate, you know, um, look at this savings by buying versus waiting, that could be funding a 401k. Right. Right. For kids' schools, right. for, any, for anything. So you for knock really out your financial goals one at a time by just having right. this system for success, right? And I, and I, and I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, and I think where we're going with this really is in the next year, we've heard the Fed could raise it three times. They could raise it four times. It really depends on the economy. And that because because the Fed is raising the rates based on the economy, Correct. right? So if you want to, yes. can you extrapolate on that a little bit? Sure, of course. So after we had the mortgage meltdown in two thousand eight through ten, the government put financial policies into place, fiscal policies into place that held down interest rates um, in order to have a recovery. Now that we have a recovery and the economy is you know, really moving along and we're seeing inflation, which is good for the economy. The Federal Reserve has decided to roll back those constraints. And so now interest rates are taking their normal course. And when we look at 
where interest rates have been over the last 30 years, it's not uncommon to have an average interest rate over 6%. So for the last several years, we've been spoiled with a 3% interest rate um, field that probably is not going to come back. Right. Right. You know? And I think that's the big thing, because because it was there for so long. Yes. Like we're looking at, I can't believe we're, we're 10 years from the recession. Yeah. So And we had those low rates in the threes and the yes. twos in some cases yes. for so long that people are, are, for lack of a better word, are freaking out because the rates are so high. But if we look at the actual numbers yes. and we look at the average interest rate from 72 to 2017 was 8.17%. Yeah, so and we're still have low interest rates. Yeah, we right? still have conversations with people that got their first home at 17%. Yeah, my parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think Dan, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. He tells that story. Yeah. But um you know, it's 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 all about perception. Right. And um people have perceptions about what they think with regards to home prices and interest rates and how they actually relate to one another and I think there's a lot of misconceptions that we can uncover to help empower people to make a decision to get into a house because homeownership is one of the best ways to create wealth. Right, right. And I, and I couldn't agree more, yeah. especially here. Like we look at the average in Orange County, for example, um, is over typically almost every 10 years, your real estate doubles. That's the, that, that's the average over a course of 40, 50 yeah. years, which is, yes. when you think about it, is, is ridiculous. And I know our house that we live in, like my, we bought it off from Susan's parents. Yeah. And they, we, they bought it for seventy five thousand, yeah. eighty thousand, and they're now over a million. And that's just, <laughs> it's just crazy to me, right? Like it's that. Kind of mind boggling. And it is, and especially in certain markets. Now I understand that some markets are definitely hotter than others, and we we we're lucky enough that we live in one of the hottest markets in the country. Yes, but, indeed. Um, but I think it's just, it's just getting people educated. Especially first-time home buyers, right? Um, to um, give them the most information possible, and the more information, knowledge is power, as we all know. And the more information they have, I think, the better off they're going to be, and they're going to see these numbers because they may just be thinking, "Oh, I'm going to wait for prices to come down five percent or ten percent." Well, on a seven hundred forty thousand dollar house, it comes down ten percent. That's seventy four thousand. By waiting, you've lost 155 because the rates have gone up. So it's kind of you know what I mean. Like, and I think, and I think when you put the numbers to paper, that's where it gets. And and one really interesting important. fact about that belief that when interest rates go up, prices are going to come down is that we had interest rates go up one full percentage point, as you pointed out mm-hmm. earlier. Although our property values went up 10 percent. Right. So we have two things pulling on affordability now. The cost of waiting is not only a 1% increase for that $433 extra per month for the same house, mm-hmm. but that house for seven fifty five is worth another $75,000. Right. And so it's really not true, and it hasn't been true in the past, that as interest rates go up, values come down. What we see is that houses have to be ready to sell, and they have to be priced at market. And so I think you said something earlier, prices aren't, prices are coming down, but values are not. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And I think that's so important because values are staying the same. Values are, are, are rising, even rising a little bit, but prices are coming down. And the reason prices are coming down is because sellers are, are pricing their homes too high. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're, they're overpricing, they're reaching for the stars and expecting multiple offers and being sold in 30 days. And that market sadly is gone. 
for the for the, for those sellers. So I think that's a, that is definitely it, it is uh, a misconception is yes. that as rates go up, the the prices are going to drop because and like you said, historically, if you look over the over the courses of the past 20, 30 years, when rates have gone up by a percentage more or more, values have actually gone up. And it's 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 interesting, it, and it is because yes. all common sense says that that, that shouldn't happen. Well, we want we want it to be, um, we want it to have equilibrium. Right. It's it's just human nature. Right. Right. We want things to stay the same. We don't want them to change. And so, if interest rates go up, our minds tell us that the only way that we can make it stay the same is if our values come down. Right. But values based on demand. Exactly. And it's not based on what we want. It's based on what the market is telling us the need is, right? Right. Um, but I think another major misconception that most first-time homebuyers have, Jason, is that they need 20% down payment in order to avoid mortgage insurance. And that's not true, right? It's not true. There are so many options for first-time homebuyers. You can do a 10% down no mortgage insurance loan for a million dollars. <laughs> right? Right. So instead of saving $200,000, you could save 100000 and get in. Right. Um, you can do a first and a second combo to 95% loan to value and only have 5% to put down. And in some instances, we have loan programs where you can put 3% down. And so the caveat for all of those options, that bucket full of uh, loan products, is based on the client's FICO score, their debt-to-income ratio, mm-hmm. right, and their down payment. And right. so that's where if they look at getting help with someone that's a professional really zeroing in on what is their capacity look like, what is their particular need, when do they want to launch this goal, then the loan officer can then say you've got this option this option and this option and do a side-by-side comparison where you can see what's the interest rate for that program and how much do I need to put down and then does that fit my monthly budget versus maybe choice number two or choice number three and so I've always found that the person that's the most successful in buying a home is the person that takes the first step in getting a pre-approval. And they work with a real estate agent that works with a lender and everybody works together on the same team. Exactly. And I think that that's so important. And yeah. I think it's fun, It's funny, too, because we meet so many people, and we had this conversation actually yesterday, so I'm going to kind of circle in to bring that conversation in, is where when we, we suggest to people, hey, you should be interviewing agents. You should be going out there and, and, and looking at everything. And a lot of times, people don't. They don't do it with real estate agents, yeah. and they don't do it with lenders, right. where they get pigeonholed into, oh, I have a friend that's a, a mortgage broker, or I've used this person in the past, and I'm not. that's all I'm going to do. And I'm sure you're the same way. Hey, like this is a long-term payment. Yes. It should be something that you look for what's best for you. Yes. And we talked about it yesterday. You had a lender, and again, we're not saying who the lenders are or anything like that. Right. But you had you beat a loan by 0.75 percent. Yes. Right. And, yeah. And so by making one phone call. Yes. 0.75 percent. Yes. Like that. That's what a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah, it was right? like 179 dollars a month. So 179 dollars a month. So 
you're looking at a couple thousand dollars a year over thirty, so sixty thousand dollars. So one phone call, yeah, saves sixty thousand dollars, yeah, approximately yeah. over the over the over the life of the loan. So I think that's the that's the important part. And and like you were saying, is not only doing your homework and talking to different people, but finding out all the products that are in. It may not just be that one pigeonhole loan. There may be other products that are offered by you that you can are able to yes. save fit and save money here and, and do things. And yeah. I think that's the that's the best part. Um, and the other thing too is when you talked about pre approval, making that your first step. Yes. I think the biggest one of the one of the most important things with the pre approvals, I believe, is making sure that it's a it's a, it's not just a piece of paper. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's not a paper approval as we yeah. like to call it, right? Yeah, where it's just someone saying, "Hey, I, I, they haven't even looked at anything. They're just taking everything by word. They write it down, and they're saying, yeah, so, but they haven't seen any any backup, any information backing any of that information. Yeah. Uh, what the buyer is saying up, so you don't really know until you're in escrow. Yeah, what's happening, and that's one thing that I know with you we love because yes. pretty much when we get our buyers pre-approved with Patty, they're going. They're almost there. <laughs> They're like 90% of the way there. Like we know we're not going to, because when you get into escrow, you want to make sure that there's not going to be any surprises. Or disappointments. Or disappointments. Yeah. You don't want to think you're going to be able to get that dream house of yours and then find out that, you know what, oh, you, you can't because the lender yes. overlooked something. So something happened yesterday. This is a true story. I have a client that was referred to me that I started to pre-approve in January of last year. And it was a tight deal, really tight deal. Not that she didn't have assets or good credit, it's just she had limited income at that time. And so fast forward now, it's nine months later, and um, the real estate agent called me and said that she had written an offer, got the offer accepted, and she wanted her to get an interest rate quote from me. So I got a quote to her, and evidently there was another lender that gave a pre-approval to this client, and when she gave the pre-approval to the client because I had spent so much time analyzing her finances. I didn't believe that the pre-approval could actually hold weight. Yeah. And so the real estate agent started asking the client to ask the lender a couple of questions. And the client told the real estate agent that she only talked to her on the phone. She didn't send her pay stubs. She didn't send her tax returns. She didn't send her bank, bank statements. She talked to her for five minutes on the phone. She pulled her credit and she issued a pre-approval letter. And, and that's it's, it's doing nobody justice. Right. In that you're not doing the um, the buyer justice, which is the, the our end client, the client right. justice. Right. It doesn't help out um, the, any of the agents that have worked to make, get get that offer accepted. Right. And it really it, it causes buyers to be deflated and yes. want to step out of the market because of things like that. Right. And so it's like. We want to make it easy, right? right? But at at the end of the day, we have to document income, we have to document assets, and we have to analyze the data. And that can take hours. Right. And so, you know, I got the loan, and in this case, I was one whole point better than the other lender. Which is crazy. Right? So a whole percentage point. And, um, you know, I woke up early, and from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, I was working on getting a pre-approval for that client, and I already had all the documentation, right. and it still took me three hours. I already knew my customer, right? Right, and that's five minutes versus three hours. <laughs> yeah, and so that's the you know we we did some um, we did some polling on 
what was most important to a real estate agent when they were working with a lender? And the number one answer was that they wanted a quality pre-approval. And I think that that word quality really needs to be at the front end of every pre-approval. Do you really know if it's a quality pre-approval? And the quality of the pre-approval is going to be based on the experience and the care that that loan officer gives that client, and it's a huge responsibility. Agreed. But it's also a tremendous honor. So um, I take it super seriously, and I think that's what's you know given us so much success. Right. Exactly. And that and we're the same way. We know that this is the person's biggest asset, or, or there could be their biggest purchase ever. Right. And it, it is. It, it, it you can't take it lightly. No. You know what I mean? Like what they're going through. Right. And what mentally and 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 just and what that feels like because we've all bought our first home. Yeah. What there what the the strain of emotions in it is is um so much and then we need to try to we try to take some of that from them or yes. try to alleviate it yeah. if you will. So And you and Susan do a great job with your clients and um it's interesting. I always find that the best real estate agents have the best clients. Yeah, and that's I love it. I, yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's it's nice because when you work with good people, it just it, it, it makes it makes life so much easier. Well, it makes it fun. <laughs> it does. It, it does. makes it fun because you get to celebrate with them, right? right? Exactly. And we've done that with so many couples. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Become so. friends and then really gotten to celebrate when you handed them the keys. Right. And, and then, you were there. And they're so excited. It is so exciting. Yeah. It really is. So, But I think, and I think that's the big thing here. I think the biggest takeaway from this would be be prepared like get get all your ducks in a row um you don't want to go out and start shopping for a house without having that conversation and i like to always say whether you're six months a year two years out it's never too early to sit down and have a conversation yeah and map out that plan because we always say you know what we'll come up with if you're saying that you're going to move in six months you want to buy in six months for instance let's come up with a plan for that six months in four months if things change Yes. That's okay. Yes. Because we have a plan in place. Right. So then that plan just gets moved. It's you know what of, I mean? So it's just yeah. it's just it's very it's just making sure you have that plan instead of just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks. It's kinda of like having a rough draft. Right, exactly. You frame it, right? You have a framework of what you want to accomplish and then you as your motivation changes based on your circumstances, then you start to fill it in. Right. Right. And nothing's in pen. Yeah. It's all in pencil, so it yes. can all be changed, right? Yeah. So yeah. And I think that's great. So, and I think as we see what's going to happen, what do you what do you think is going to happen over the course of the next year? What do you see? Do you see rates going up again? Um, there's a lot of pressure on interest rates to increase because the economy is doing so well. Right. Um, and again, we're not holding rates down with fiscal policy now, so right. they're taking their natural course. Of, of responding to the marketplace. Um, you know, we do have some options for clients to help keep the payment lower. We have interest-only options. A lot of times people don't realize that that principal and interest payment has a percentage of principal that's like a forced savings account. So right. like on my mortgage, $823 a month of my mortgage payment goes to paying down my principal balance, which is really like a forced savings account. Right? right, right. And so a lot of times people don't realize that they're actually saving money when they're paying off their mortgage. Right. Right? Right. Um, and I think that we're going to see interest rates continue to rise. 
I think that we're going to see modest returns. Uh, I think the estimates for next year, 2019, are going to be like a modest 3 to 4% uh, price appreciation in housing. Uh, we do think that the Fed's going to raise um, three times. That doesn't necessarily mean that the 30-year fixed rate is going to you know, go up three times uh, because that's really tied to the 10-year Treasury. Right. And that's really based on what's happening in the stock market. But as rates go up on the short term, which is linked to the prime and the Fed funds rate, then we do see pressure on the long-term rates to go up too because we don't want to invert the yield curve. Okay. So as um, my short-term rates start coming up, they're starting to get really close to where we are on the long-term rates, and we don't want the short-term rates to go higher than the long-term rates because that is not what anyone in the economy wants. So as interest rates on the short-term rates go up, which is the Fed action, it kind of puts pressure on the 10-year Treasury to continue to increase to stay paced above it. Right, okay, which makes sense. Right, okay. so you're so. probably, they're going to, the people that are really running fiscal policy in the markets are looking at keeping a spread between short-term rates and long-term rates. Okay. They can't always do it the way that they want to do it, right. but uh, right now it's kind of flattening a little bit, but I think we're going to continue to see pressure on the 10-year Treasury, especially with what's happening globally. Exactly, exactly. So, well, thank you so much for yes. coming in and doing this with us. And, yeah, and uh, I think there's a lot of information out there. Uh, we just touched on, I think we just hit the tip of the iceberg, really, and where to really get started, which I think is a great thing for listeners out there. Yeah. Um, as always, if you guys have any questions, you can reach out to us at uh, zwalik at firstteam.com or you can call us at 949-345-1183 or shoot a text. We're always here to help. Uh, if you are looking for a lender, we can definitely put you in touch with Patty, um, whether you're looking for a first-time home, a second home, or you're looking to refi, for, for instance. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Uh, just let us know and we can put you in touch. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and until next week, you guys have a great one, and we'll talk soon.